Hello and welcome to another edition of Ohio High School Hoops Around the State podcast. I'd like to thank our hosting site, Anchor, uh, for making this fully free to host our podcast on. I'd also like to give you an update. We are currently now available on Apple iTunes, also available on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and many of your other various podcasting hosting places. Today, I am very excited um, and looking forward to this podcast. Um, Today, we are going to be taking a look at the Eastern District, which on the eastern side of the state of Ohio is part of the state that does not get a whole lot of love uh, from the majority of the state. Um, This is uh, back to my roots. This is where it all began for me. Uh, my dad started taking me to games back in the Eastern District uh, in the late 80s, mid to late 80s. So this is where my passion and love for basketball began, sports in general. Uh, and today, uh, to talk Eastern District hoops, we're going to bring on one of my good buddies. I've known this guy for 20 years. I will not call him the Ohio award-winning sports writer, um, but Nobody, and I repeat, nobody does a better job of covering high school sports and giving coverage to kids in their area than this gentleman right here, Seth Stasky from the Martins Ferry Times Leader. How are you doing tonight, sir? I'm doing well, Kurt. How are you, buddy? Thanks for having me. Oh, not too bad. Uh, Just trying to stay warm up here in central Ohio. Uh, It's been bitter cold the last couple of days. Looks like we're heading into another day of this, and I think it's pretty much shut down most of the basketball action around the state would that be the same for for your area yeah we've been in that we're in the grips of that polar vortex i think it's got the entire state base yeah high schools uh all sports and basketball especially we're all shut down today and tomorrow doesn't look very good either to be honest but uh should resume by the weekend i would think yeah that uh i saw on the uh weather it was supposed to be 57 on monday so welcome to ohio where uh it can be minus 25 one day and a couple of days later 57 uh seth I, I wanted to um i was leading into this and, and i said that you know you're you're in an area where you're not seeing division one athlete after division one athlete i always say it's easy to cover and, and go and watch guys that are are going to play at a high level but that's not always the case in your area so you've been doing this i believe since 1998 is that correct that is correct what what is it your year of high school what is it that keeps you passionate about that area and coming back and and continuing to to do it year after year because you don't just cover basketball you cover all the sports but what is it that that makes keeps you passionate about that area well it's where i'm from i mean like you said it's where you're from it's where i'm from it's all i've known i mean you it's grew up here uh went to school here got a job here and have stayed here and uh it's it's what i do so really have no choice in the matter um and you know yeah, there's better players all over the state. There's there's better teams. There's more elite this and that. There's more success in terms of teams getting to regionals and state tournaments. But, you know, I mean, 
our, our, our teams and our kids go out every night and, and do what they, the best they can and, and play as hard as they can. And that's what they're expected to do and what they do, what they should do via signing up for the team. But just, I mean, the local rivalries, I, I'm good friends with a lot of the coaches, uh, the parents of some of the kids. I've, I mean, Hector's kids that I went to school or people I went to school with that have kids playing now, which is uh, hard to believe in its own right. But uh, um, just that kind of thing. I mean, you know, we, we I've been pretty fortunate. I mean, I've gotten the teams I've covered. Uh, Bel Air's been to a state tournament. The Shadyside girls have been to a state tournament. St. Clairsville's boys have been to a state tournament. So, I mean, it's not null and void in the area that I've covered totally. Uh, Union Local's made a, a run to the regional. Uh, Harrison Central's been to a regional on the boys' side. Um, am I missing anyone else? Um, but, you know, I mean, so you, we do mix in some success here and there. And I mean, it, it's – and getting to a regional in Ohio, I, regardless of the, the geographic area you're in, I don't think anybody will ever – will ever scoff at that. And I, I think it's still an accomplishment. And um, as you know, we're, we're butted up against the state of West Virginia, like it, right across the river. And, and we hear all the time about the Northern Panhandle teams. They, they, they go down to the state tournament every year, basically <laughs> Wheeling Central, uh, especially in single way. And it's just, it, it's amazing the difference the river line makes because um it's just harder in Ohio, and, and I'm not. That's not to make an excuse. It is what it is. That's what makes Ohio sports great is the difficulty and the challenge in it. But uh, I, I think that has has limited obviously our team success. Plus, when you get into the other eastern district parts of the, the Tuscarawas County area, Holmes County, those teams are they take probably take basketball more seriously than we do here in Belmont County along the river, uh, where it's kind of a a football first kind of area. Um, whereas the, the Dover new Philly area, I would say is while they're, they're good at football and enjoy football. I think it's probably, I think their people enjoy basketball genuinely more than the folks here in, uh, Ohio and Belmont and Jefferson County, especially in, um, that kind of area. But, you know, it, what keeps me coming back is the love of the area, the love of the teams and uh, the people who, who do it here. Well, I mean, you, you look at, um, and just to, if you're unfamiliar with that area, um, declining population for quite some time has played a, a role into um, some of the lack of success over the last, you know, decade or so, because you look out in, in central Ohio and it, I mean, it seems like daily I run into somebody that has Ohio Valley ties. Um, you know, their kids or, or grandkids are playing sports out here and contributing at a high level. Um, you know, back back in that area, your your main industries were the steel mills, uh, coal mines, and things like that. And as those things have shut down, that has forced people west. Uh, so you know, you take. You, you take those people now sitting in central Ohio or other parts of the state, Northeast Ohio, wherever, and move some of those people back that way. If the industry uh, was still booming and you'd have a different, you'd have a different outlook on things because you'd have a lot of a very good athletes back that way that are now moved out this way, contributing at some bigger schools out here. So, and, and another thing that gets lost is, 
just because, you know, the guys maybe not be high level division one player doesn't mean there's great coaching. Um, it doesn't mean the fans don't like it or like it any less. Uh, sometimes I think they like it a whole lot more uh, because as we talk about all the time, uh, you could go into a local establishment back there 20 years from now and whether you're a, an attorney or whatever it is, you're, you're still uh, Joe Smith that was the quarterback at wherever or the starting two guard at wherever. And that's kind of what you're remembered by, regardless of what you uh, eventually accomplish. Absolutely. <laughs> you're, you're spot on. Hey, you definitely know the area. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're pretty- uh, I mean, you, you've hit all the nails on the head about the declining population. I mean, it's, it's tough on people in, in, in our age bracket as, I mean, middle-aged, younger adults, if you will, to, to find professional work, save for working in a uh, in the medical field, in nursing or in the hospital type setting or in education. Um, you got to gotta go to the metropolitan areas, whether it's uh, central Ohio, North, like you, all the areas of Ohio or, or beyond, whether it's Pittsburgh or, or what have you. But, um, yeah, as for the high school sports stories, uh, I'm on the, I'm on a committee for the, uh, the OVAC hall of fame here. And I mean, you go out and, and everybody's questioning, Oh, this guy should be in, this guy should be in. And that, I mean, a, that means they take it seriously and B that's how you're known. I mean, is what you did in your high school accomplishments and, <laughs> Whereas a lot of people are debating who should be in, uh, who's going to get the call to Canton this weekend. We, we in our area, it's about who's getting into their high school sports hall of fame. It's just, it, it's what drives the area. I mean, there, there's no that we have two Division two colleges in in right across in West Virginia, and um, so there's there's no major college. Obviously, the the professional teams aren't here, and uh, it, it's just prep sports drive the area, and it's it's bragging rights because of the rivalries and the uh, people working together and going to um, families working together and crossing paths and that kind of thing. You know, it sounds kind of old school, but I mean, cause social media and even like travel and, and travel sports have, have closed the bridge on people. Like when I was in school, heck, if I knew somebody from, I went to Shadyside high school and if I knew somebody from Belair or St. Clair's, well, I, I thought that was pretty cool. Right. Right. <laughs> now everybody, there's everybody. Right. Uh, so it, it's, it's definitely a different time compared to the, the later eight, the late eighties or early nineties. But um, as it pertains to those bragging rights, I think it's still, it's still there on a daily basis. Uh, just, I mean, you see it, whether it's on social media, uh, guys, jacking coaches or, or former players or, or bragging rights, even for alma maters. People may not act like they don't care about high school sports or they don't go, but they're certainly following their alma mater or, or where their buddies might be coaching or their kids, uh, their buddies' kids are going to school now and that kind of thing. So high school sports matter to this area, which is another reason that keeps you coming back because it, it, it's part of the, the fabric here. Um, it's part of the culture. And I think it, um, you can just see it at the events. Uh, I mean, our, 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 our teams draw pretty well in this area. Um, relatively speaking, um, it, it's, there's some economic challenges. And when you start talking $6 ahead to get into a high school game and I, I don't begrudge the schools, they got to make money and pay officials. But I mean, $6 is, you bring a 
family of four and they want to get a hot dog and a pop and then and you got a, a $30 evening out. So right. um, I, I think all those factors, you know, it's, it, it's still the next day when they pick up the paper or they go online and, and check the scores and what have you. Uh, they still want to know who won those local games and that's whether it's Dover Philly, whether it's Bel Air St. Clairsville, Bel Air Barton's Ferry, uh, River Monroe Central, that or I mean Fort Fry, Shenandoah, whatever the area, Cambridge Meadowbrook, they, they they still want to know who won those games. And you talk about the people in Central Ohio and other areas. I, I think like the Associated Press, most papers still run those that statewide listing of scores. And I think people are, are delve into those looking for, for their alma maters just to see, uh, obviously those scores are more readily available in different places now uh, today than they were like when we were growing up when you, that's the only other outlet you had. But um, I just think people are, you're always going to follow your alma mater where you're from. I mean, you do, you do it in a more quiet way, <laughs> but, but I know you do because I've talked to you outside of this forum, this setting, but um, it's just where you're from. I mean, you can take the person out of that area, but you can't take that area out of the person, that cliche. I think, I think that definitely is very apropos for, for the Ohio Valley and the Eastern district. I would, uh, I would a hundred percent agree. I mean, you know, and I think what makes it, great about your areas is you you've kind of glossed over some of the um the teams that you've got to cover in the past that have made a run uh to columbus or even to you know whether it be ou for a regional or lancaster for a girls regional uh back in the day or pickerington for a girls regional uh the thing that makes it special about that is you wouldn't understand unless you're from that area or from an area like that, you know, a smaller area is that this isn't something that happens every year. So it's like every year you kind of pinpoint a team that you think could, you, you know, you could hit your trailer, you know, to, and see if this team, how far this team can go. And in those areas, it seems to be, you know, a different team every year and whether they make it to a district final or regional or, you know, and St. Clairsville, Blair uh, have both been able to reach Columbus since you were there. Uh, I think that makes it so special because it, it's not something that, I mean, like I sat there in 2012 and watched my alma mater, St. Clairsville, make the state tournament. And, you know, they got up against a team that was just, let's be honest, they were just better than them. Uh, two guys that uh, division one players for Elida, Dakota Mathias, Reggie McAdams. Um, so they were up against it that day, but that experience of going there and just the whole week leading up to it is just something you're never going to forget. And it's not like, you know, now where I'm at Pickering and central, you know, we make our fair share of deep runs into the playoffs and not saying that it's any less sweeter, but you know, when you like a, you're a Trotwood or a Akron St. V Dayton Dunbar years back, it's an every year occurrence, which is totally uh, different than a St. Clairsville uh, who may never ever see Columbus again. Absolutely. I mean, you touched on Pickering and Central. You, you guys won three state championships in one school year right. in, in division one. Right. <laughs> that would be unheard of at a school here. Um, now I will say 
and quick memory, um, I have covered now one team I didn't cover, but there has been five team state champions in our area across all the sports since I've been at the Times Leader, which for our area of, of in essence, 13 schools, that's pretty good. Uh, Absolutely. <laughs> relatively speaking. Um, uh, and that's in 20 years. That means it's once every four years. So I don't know that that average will continue. Um, it's hard, but yeah, as for the, the emotion and the excitement of it all, um, it, it's a, whether it's pep rallies or, uh, different restaurants wanting to feed these teams. You like got, you got to have a t-shirt. Type. You got to have a t-shirt. Yeah. T-shirts are printed uh, (laughs) several times for winning the district for winning the regional, then your final four shirt. uh, Or or they get, I think a kid basically gets an entire new wardrobe out of it. uh, And this coaching staff as well, but it's just, like you said, those opportunities don't come every day. Like they don't grow on trees to the point where, uh, Oh, well, we'll do it again next year. I mean, it's, Right, it's a big deal, and I think that's a lot. I think that's the way it is in a lot of areas around Ohio. I, I, mean, I agree. I mean, there's a lot of rural, <laughs> rural schools. While the metropolitan areas are really good and deep and talented, I mean, the rural schools, like some of the best games in the state tournament, are in Division three and four. Yeah, they may not have the most future college players, or or the guys with the biggest upside um, for future basketball, but from the crowds they draw to the, just the overall excitement and looking at, and I know like when St. Clairsville was there that I think there was a, a media report about how big eyed they looked like when they walked out on the floor at the Schottenstein center. Well, I think everybody would be, I mean, <laughs> they were, maybe I mean, they were, <laughs> it's the first time they'd been anywhere. Maybe some of them kids had ever even been to the building, let alone on the floor are going to play a game there. Right. Um, it's not something they do every day. Uh, and for kids, most kids around Ohio, that's, that's not, that's the venue and the school that they grow up dying to play it or, or always dreaming of getting the opportunity to play in. And, um, when it comes to fruition, it's just, uh, it's like a pinch me kind of moment. And then, but then you got to kind of get focused and go play that game. And, and that's hard enough. And when you, you talk about the opponent, I mean, that was just, I think it was 15, nothing out of the gate or it was yeah, oh, tough, tough start. start. Tough start. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it started with a lob off the, off the opening tip of backdoor lob. And I'm sitting there at press row. And I told the guy sitting next to me, who I didn't really know. I said, man, St. Clair's will better call a timeout. And the guy was like, well, it's only two nothing. I said, well, they haven't seen anything like that all season. I'll guarantee you that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it is what it is. I mean, those guys will be uh, – Ryan Clifford, who's now their St. Clairsville's head coach, took over for his dad just this season. Uh, he and I are pretty good friends, and we, we he told me, for like, for three years <laughs> after 20 – that season, almost daily at school, at St. Clairsville High School, one of the kid, one of the – a kid in the school, any member of the student body, male or female – would would be wearing a shirt during that run like he almost kept track of it so it's like that's the kind of thing like you're alluding to like it just resonates with people and it's um it'll never be forgotten yeah maybe 
those, those stories that they tell down at the local watering hole you alluded to earlier in this, but they may not leave, they may leave the score out, but the fact that they played will not be left out. Absolutely not. Uh, shout out to Ryan Clifford, St. Clairsville first year boss doing well with those guys. Um, and, and as you, I mean, not to harp on St. Clairsville, but I mean, they had a run there, um, back in that 20, what was that? 2012. Um, so in 2012, they played in two state tournaments would be correct. They were in the state football finals, uh, with that group as seniors. And they were in, they were in the, uh, 2012 state hoop tournament with those guys as juniors. And then they ended up getting back to the regional as seniors in basketball and the team they beat to get to the state, New Philadelphia, knocks them out the next year in Athens in the regional semis. So quite a calendar year for those guys. I mean, it's like, like I said, you just would not understand how difficult that is at a place like that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and again, I was blessed to cover most of those teams and most of those games. And a lot of those guys had success in track and field. Some of them had success in golf. Uh, and that's the thing about, the Ohio Valley Eastern, a lot of Eastern district schools in the rural areas throughout Ohio, as compared to the, the metropolitan areas, very few kids on the real good teams. They're multi-sport guys. I mean, they, right. they all the good guys have to contribute to all the teams and that's kind of what keeps the school afloat. Uh, very, very, very few guys that I can think of off the top of my head, maybe say for like wrestlers, like specialize around here. Uh, like your good athletes play multiple sports and, and um, yeah, I mean, you, you hear some college coaches uh, say that that's what they're looking for. I mean, but <laughs> they, they have to do it. Uh, I mean, just hey, hey, the, the means to be able to specialize aren't necessarily as readily available around here as they may be in some areas, but for the good of the school and playing with their buddies. And, and that's kind of what high school sports are all about is making memories with your buddies, competing, uh, gaining life lessons. And, and, that, and I know that's kind of cliche, but it really is the truth. Um, you, you kind of have to, everybody's got to kind of pull the rope in the same direction. And I think schools in the Eastern district and throughout, and I, and I don't ever want to make it out like, the Northwest part where they have a lot of rural schools too, and do very, very well in sports. Um, all, all the teams have to work together. Like, like I would guess, and I don't venture out there. You do much more than me. I would venture to guess that the teams in the Midwestern athletic conference that have unparamount success in all sports, both genders, their, their coaches probably get along very well. <laughs> they all root for each other and there's no egos. Um, I just think to be successful across all the the elements of high school athletics, you have to have that. You just can't have one bad apple, if you will, because it could upset the apple cart. You know, it's funny you, you mentioned the Northwest Ohio. Like, I've been doing this for quite some time, and uh, I've seen the culture and the landscape of basketball change significantly uh, just in the last 10 to 15 years. But when you look up at that northwest part of the state, um, one thing that, that is rarely, if ever, occurs is transfers up that way. Those guys, I mean, I, I could, I, I don't even know, like off the top of my head right now, think of anybody 
um, that has just literally transferred to another school. Those guys, if you're from Coldwater, you play for Coldwater and you play with Col- you play you play um, for all the people that came before you there and you hold up you know, the, the level of excellence there, uh, Marion Local, Delphi, St. John's, St. Henry's, uh, Elida, you know, play, it's just those guys, I mean, it's just, it's a different area, um, big, strong kids, and it's the same guys over and over and over again. And, um, you know, like you said, they have unparamount success up there. Uh, it's just incredible. Um, but speaking of St. Clairsville, they will be involved uh, this weekend in um, the Buckeye 8 tournament, which is the, the conference um, that hosts uh, quite a few schools down on the river, which is now split into the north and south. But they have something pretty cool that they do. Uh, and if I'm not mistaken, is this the first year they've done this at St. Clairsville? Yeah, I believe it's the... Uh fourth time overall uh first time it alternates back and forth between the north and the south uh i think last year it was at east liverpool um yeah you need a map uh, to get to that gym by the way oh it's one of the hardest to find in the entire ohio valley Uh, (laughs) unbelievable we're Virginia. yeah it's very very challenging uh thank goodness i've the only time i was at uh, been there twice first time was pre gps on a cell phone so you're like having to like stop at a gas station and get directions that kind of, it's that difficult. Yes. But, <laughs> um, yeah, the, the Buckeye eight's kind of like the big 10 and only in the fact that the, the number doesn't match the number of teams in the conference. Uh, there's 10 teams in the Buckeye eight, Makes uh, sense. Liverpool and Beaver local were added, uh, just a few years ago. And that's when they broke it into two divisions. Um, the South, I had the North number in this uh, Union Locals won twice in this format, and I believe St. Clairsville's won once as well. Uh, and that brings us to this year. Um, the Beller, they just had the girls event last year. Beller's girls won its third in a row. And uh, Saturday at noon is when the first game tips, and then the, the championship game is St. Clairsville and East Liverpool. Um, and that will go at seven and St. Clairsville finished the, the only games that count towards Buckeye eight are the, that those that are played in the South. So, and that they played seven of the eight because of the weather tonight was the cutoff and they were supposed to play Martin's Ferry the game, obviously with everything shut down due to the temperatures um, will be made up and, and be done in time for their OVAC cutoff, which um, comes on next Tuesday. But uh so they finished their only law, league loss was to Harrison, which is coached Brian Clifford's coached by his brother, Justin, who was your classmate at St. Clairsville. Correct. And, uh, so St. Clairsville by default, because it beat Martin's Ferry and Martin's Ferry's only loss was to St. Clairsville by default goes into the championship game based on the head to head. And Liverpool was undefeated on the North side at eight. No. So they won their way in. And then the other games are Belair and Buckeye. Union Local and Beaver, Harrison and Edison, Martins Ferry and Indian Creek. So that's the lineup. So with the, and I'm not exactly positive on this, but like you don't, in the Buckeye 8, since since they've went north and south, you do not have to play everybody uh, in the regular season in the other 
division. Would that be correct? Correct. You don't have to play anybody over there. You don't, don't have to play to. anybody over there. No. Okay. You don't have to play. The only teams you are obligated to play are those in your division. You have to play at home and home. So uh, the Buckeye champion, de facto championship game, North versus South, will be East Liverpool against St. Clairsville. Um, and if you've never been to St. Clairsville's gym, uh, it, it's kind of unique. Um, it, it always has a, a fantastic environment. It gets uh, loud in there, especially for a big game. Um, East Liverpool, uh, I don't know a whole lot about them this year. Uh, I do know that uh, one of their losses came to um, Wheelersburg by 13, a team that uh, is a really good team down in the Southeast District, led by Tanner Holden, who is on his way to Wright State. They are currently 17-0, and 0, uh, and that would have been, I believe, in the East Liverpool Holiday Tournament. Um, they've also lost a two-point game to uh, Oak Glen, which is a East Liverpool rival, and they've also lost to uh, a good Steubenville team, who I believe is also another rival of East Liverpool. So, um, unofficially, I have East Liverpool at twelve and three. Uh, St. Clairsville winning last night. Uh, are they current? What are they currently? Eleven and four. Twelve and four now. Twelve and four. Okay, so East Liverpool and St. Clairsville should be an interesting game Saturday night in the Buckeye Championship. Um, now, all the teams – so people always ask me outside, this is, how does this work? I said, well, I said most of these teams, I believe all the teams, are not only in the Buckeye 8, but they are also a member of the Ohio Valley Athletic Conference, the OVAC. Um, so – they play in the Buckeye eight, um, but they also uh, can qualify for the OVAC tournament, which takes the top four teams in each of its five classes. They played uh, semifinal games uh, and then they will play a championship Saturday. It's a, it's a very, it's a very cool concept, um, especially for a lot of these teams. And me and you've talked about this quite frequently, but it does give these teams uh, kind of a tournament-like atmosphere. And, and for a lot of these teams, you know, this is, this is a big deal because winning this uh, is something you can really hang your hat on because, you know, it's hard to win a state championship. It's hard to win a district title, uh, let alone a state championship. So this OVAC tournament is a really cool concept and uh, which will be taking place here in a couple of weeks. Seth, what, let's start in um, – in the one a division, it looks like, um, what do we, I mean, because the OVAC is comprised of some West Virginia schools and some Ohio schools. We'll talk about the Ohio schools. Uh, what, what is Ohio looking at in one a, do they have any, any contenders in one a, um, Bellsville appears that it's going to make the top four, but I think it's uh, Morgantown Trinity out of West Virginia is to lose their defending champ. Um, probably the clear cut favorite, um, single way in Ohio isn't real strong. Um, Ohio's better suited in the bigger divisions, but it looks like it's, that's going to be West Virginia dominated in terms of uh, both who gets to the finals and who eventually wins it. You mentioned Bellsville and, you know, for some of my, like our, our listening population is growing by the episode, which uh, 
just take a second to thank everybody that's uh, given us a, a listen or just given this thing a shot. Uh, we greatly appreciate it. We're having a great time doing this. Um, but for my listeners out there, because I have a lot of listeners, Seth, that are from the major metropolitan areas, could you give them a feel, because they will not believe this, could you kind of give them a feel of Bellsville, Ohio? Well, about three years ago, Bellsville was on the verge of extinction. Yes. They, the school board had elected to shut it down. And then uh, they, they, a community group got together and got a court injunction to keep the school open. Um, they have very, they lost during this people thinking they were going to lose the school kids transferred all basically all over the, uh, area, whether they went to Barnesville, some went to shady side, some went to Monroe central and river, which would be an interdistrict transfer. Um, they're, they're, they maintained a schedule and in all sports, heck in football that year coming out of that, they actually went to Maria Stein and played Marion local. Yes, the <laughs> Marion Bellsville. We had a few, um, uh, we had a few conversations about that. Yeah, and it's still to this day is hard for me to wrap my head around. And they that, scored. Happened. Um, yeah, yeah. They, they to, their AD at the time is no longer their AD. Said they were treated great. <laughs> I'm sure and, they were. <laughs> um, I mean, there, the school wasn't. I mean. Not like Marion local. I think that was even pre OHSA football mercy rules. So it wasn't like they, they didn't hammer them or try to embarrass them at all. They just took, took care of the business and, and played a lot of guys. But anyway, um, they've been on a long road back. Uh, they were, they've been fight, they fight numbers games. I think there's only like 50 kids in the school, grades nine through 12, boys and girls. Um, They've got, they've improved their facilities. They have a brand new school. They basically, they have uh, just built a brand new baseball and softball field. They built a brand new field house this summer at their football field. Uh, so they're, they're trying their best. It's just a manpower issue. And uh, their boys basketball team, I think has won nine so far, maybe even 10. And I mean, they're, they're grand. They're, they're playing some West Virginia smalls. They're playing the teams they should be playing. Uh, they're, they're size schools and, and winnable games to, to build confidence and to get things going again. And I think last year they may have won two or three max. Um, and here they are now they, they could make the conference tournament, which like you said in, in the intro to this is, is a big deal to these schools around here, especially the Bellsvilles of the world and um, all of them. I mean, I was on the phone this afternoon with two coaches, both of whom, you know, well, fighting and arguing about when when this game's going to be played and whether it's going to count and this and that and then you had to I had to call a couple of OVAC people to get a final ruling for them I mean people are people do take it seriously and I think like you said it is something to hang your hat on it it's uh yeah it, it may not it, it may not be it may not move the needle for most people who are probably listening to this but for people in our area, winning the OVAC is a big deal. Uh, they get a nice pennant for the wall. I mean, it's up there forever. Like you said, when it reverts back to the very first segment, when you walk into these gyms, hey, I was on that night on that 2019 OVAC title team. And you're like, whoa, you were on there? <laughs> but, yeah, that's, that's how it goes down. And, uh, like, I was at St. Clairsville yesterday to cover River, and I looked up and I saw your name on a banner. So, I mean <laughs> – Worst athlete to ever. It was still up. 
I check it every time for Just you. Just make sure it's there. It so I'm starting to think. <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, all joking aside, I mean, it, it, it does mean something. And, uh, but Bellsville, the town is very, very small. Uh, it has the Bellsville Diner, which I would recommend. I've been to, and it's pretty good. And a convenient, a bank and a post office and a school. <laughs> it's, it's a very small community. Um, but the people love Bellsville Athletics. And there's, there's really no substitute for that. And that's basically why they have a school today, or the place would be shut it's down. It's funny that you, uh, you said that. Uh, by the way, uh, Chaz Wolf, if, if you're ever out in, in Bellsville for whatever reason, uh, check out the Bellsville Diner. Uh, I remember the first time I had, and trust me, the road from St. Clairsville to Bellsville, um, if you've never been on a, a back road on, on Route 9, uh, it's quite the road. And um, I was going out there to play a, a baseball game. And, and now this, this place, Bellsville, Ohio, uh, actually – in, in my class alone, put two guys in the major leagues, um, the Nippert twins, uh, who just, I mean, not too long ago, they were playing in the big leagues. So uh, a town that size to put a couple of twin brothers into the majors is quite, quite something special. Um, but I remember I, I stopped out there and I, I don't remember, I believe there was a convenience store, um, if I'm not mistaken. And I pull in, I got a, I got a white 88 S10. I pull in and right next to me, a guy pulls up on his John Deere tractor and I was just kind of had to double take. And I was like, that's odd. The guy did not drive his vehicle down to, to the uh, convenience store. He brought his, his John Deere, tra- a, a lawnmower, not a, not a, you know, not a tractor for fields. We're talking just a straight lawnmower. Uh, and I got a good laugh out of that. And, and you and I also both worked with a, a diehard. One thing to describe Bellsville people is just passionate and prideful about their school. Uh, you and I worked with a guy one time that was actually the guy that lined the field for the football games. Uh, and this guy took some serious pride in that job. And Bellsville's biggest rival uh, was a school called um, Monroe Central, which was a consolidation of Woodsfield, who was really good in football, and Skyview, who was really good in basketball. And uh, we used to say, hey, you going over to that uh, Bellsville-Monroe game tonight? And the guy would say, no, nah, man, they're not playing Monroe tonight. They're playing Woodsfield. Uh, he would not call this school <laughs> Monroe Central. He refused to call him that, and, and that is not a lie. I know that you can 100% vouch for that. He would call them Woodsfield and just was not going to call them Monroe Central. You were 100% <laughs> correct. It was kind of like Ohio State people, Urban Meyer, calling Michigan our rival yes, or the team I, up north. It's that serious. Words. Uh, <laughs> hey, we're not going to utter the words Monroe Central. <laughs> All right, so let's bump up to 2A where we do uh, – Ohio has some, some uh, thunder in 2A. Uh, Toronto would be the top seed in there right now, and they are currently ranked in the state division four. Um, I believe they only have one loss to their credit. Uh, Wheeling Central is number two, and obviously they have some – and you can throw out the fact that they play in West Virginia. They always have – they would have a really good team, a small school in Ohio that could compete for district titles, no doubt about it. 
uh, Wellsville, a team um, up the river a, a good ways, and then uh, Shady Side and River and Southern Local also in the mix. Uh, Caldwell is also in that 2A, a team I'm looking forward to in the future, uh, the Caldwell Redskins. But what do you see out of 2A, Seth? Uh, pretty balanced field. I haven't seen Toronto live. Toronto's a, a dual member. Like you, you talked about the Buckeye 8. Um, well, that's our league within a conference. Toronto is actually in another conference. They're in the, the Northern League uh, with like Latonia, Hanoverton United, uh, some of those teams up that way, um, just north of East Liverpool area. So they, they're in that league. They do qualify for the OVAC. They get enough games. Um, they were in the tournament last year, lost at River, which went on to win it. Um, Sean Tucker is their head coach. Uh, he's doing a great job. He was at Steubenville Central previously. Uh, their best player, their go-to guy is probably Nate Carafa, who is an Ohio State baseball commit, an all-state athlete in, in multiple sports. Um, really good, pretty good basketball player. Point guard, uh, can shoot it pretty well. Uh, solid player, they got pretty good athletic, pretty good foot speed. Um, but I haven't seen him live. I've not seen Wellsville live. Uh, they're they're always an enigma in this thing. What they, the thing about the OVAC tournament is you don't always have to take part. Right. <laughs> and I say that chuckle and and people think, what, what do you mean? Like the, if you're in like the Big Ten tournament, you have to be in it. Well, you can elect not to play. If if you want to fill your schedule with 22 games, is you have to leave two games open for this because this is part of the regular season, don't forget. So you have to leave two of your 22 open and you can elect to fill your schedule and there's been years where wellsville has but whenever wellsville is op is um opting to participate tells me that they got a pretty good team and they think they can <laughs> compete well i've never seen wellsville and, and that's i mean i say that somewhat in jest but no you're but right really it's, you're right yeah i mean if you see that wellsville in the ovac standings and they're online if you see them without the asterisks that they're taking part, that means they have a they feel they have a pretty good chance to make the top four. Um, because I, I, it, the teams that don't make the top four, for anyone who's like, those teams have to give up two games too, and their games are matched up for them. There's a committee which I'm a member of, and they have a meeting, and they pair up the teams that don't make the top four for two more games, so they don't lose out on those games. Um, they're they're just scheduled for them in essence. But uh, Shady Side's a team coming on. Um, have a really good athlete, an uh, all-state football player, uh, Kelly Hendershot, who's a who's long, not as uh, can play inside and outside. Probably not a true basketball player by definition, a, a, an athlete playing basketball, but um, has really come on of late. He's scoring the ball. I think he's averaging up over 22, 23 a game in his last handful of games, uh, basically a double-double every night. He was slow starting due to a shoulder injury from their football run, uh, which went to the regional final. Um, so he's rounding into shape. And they got some talented freshmen, a kid named Corey Beckett, Bryce Amos, uh, Mason Vaness, three three core freshmen that are, I think Shadyside has a team to watch probably in the, 1920 campaign more so than this year they're 11 and 7 uh ed andy's just picked up career win 300 uh at the school uh he's also one of the, the school's best players ever he scored 59 in a game that's a single game record at the school uh pre three-point line obviously so 
Um, they would be going to Toronto if the thing started right now. I don't know. I mean, it would be an interesting matchup. Shady side got some decisive losses early, but Hendershot missed first couple weeks. So, I mean, and I think they're really starting to hit their stride. Now, am I saying if I was predicting it, I would pick Toronto to win, but I think it would be a much better game now than it, than it would have been. Obviously teams get better as they go along. I shouldn't, that's kind of a given, but I think the shady side team is starting to hit its stride, but I don't think they're the favorite. I think they're going to make the field. Uh, They've beaten river twice river lost again to St. Clairsville uh, just Tuesday and Shady side goes to Cameron, West Virginia on on Friday. And then they go to Wheeling Central on the cutoff day Tuesday. So they have a, I mean, a, a two tougher games. Uh, Cameron's probably going to make that one eight field, and obviously Wheeling Central's been the pedigree. And Wheeling Central Toronto would be a heck of a final, though, if if that comes to fruition. I think uh, Central plays a good schedule. Obviously, they were in the Cancer Research Classic. You would have saw them there. Uh, they played Meadowbrook pretty tough a team that's probably going to be the top seed in the 4A tournament, or at least is there now, uh, and a team that went to the Ohio State Division II tournament last year. They played them tough in the Buckeye 8 Challenge, an event right after Christmas, or right before Christmas. So, I mean, they got a bunch of young kids. They're, they're defending state champs, but their two best players are gone to graduation. Uh, so it, that 2A tournament is, is pretty balanced, and I think it's uh, got a chance to be pretty good. You mentioned uh, – <clears throat> team and, and another team that are going to be probably on the outside looking in um, river and Caldwell also in two a not going to make the, probably not going to make the field, but these are two teams that um, you better, if you're living back that way, you better get those teams this year uh, and maybe next year uh, because they've got a couple of guys coming in uh, that are going to be household names um, at river um, they're going to have a kid coming in next year named Ty Long, who is is going to be one of the better guys uh, immediately as soon as he hits the court next year. Uh, he played with that Northeast Ohio Blue Chips team with uh, LeBron James's kid uh, last year. Uh, and then another kid at Caldwell uh, named Beatty Lorai. Uh, who will be coming into high school next year to team up with his cousin, who is a freshman this year, Jet Lorai. Uh, and I think Caldwell is a team that is getting better, and they've played a lot of games where they've had leads and just not been able to hold on to them. But when Jet and, and Beatty uh, get together there over the next four, three to four years at Caldwell, uh, look out for the Redskins. Yeah, I've been I've seen Jet Lorai or the Jet Lorai's name in the paper and in the box score. He's playing very well. Uh, Clint, Clint Crane is their coach. He's a good dude, a younger guy, very he energetic, likes very passionate. He likes it. He does. He does, and you can tell some guys are doing it because that's what they do. Some guys are doing it because they want that extra three or four <laughs> grand to go on summer vacation, and that's yeah. fine too. I mean. You, but at the same time, some guys are doing it because they're junkies and they want to go and they like the game and they, they like the sport. Um, not the, the guys who just want to get money don't like the sport. Uh, but I, I, uh, he's a guy who really is passionate about it. And uh, no, I, I think I agree with you on Caldwell. And I know I haven't seen a long kid play, but I know 
their AD, Mark Romick, who's also their head basketball coach, told me, he said, this eighth grade group is really good. And he said that they bumped up their schedule. I mean, they were playing <laughs> way bigger teams than they normally would have in the eighth grade, he said, because basically the kids said, can we can we play some teams that are going to, uh, not without sounding arrogant, challenge us, just that will be tougher tests. Um, see how we really do stack up. I think I know they went to Parkersburg and played Parkersburg South, and I mean, so they're 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 trying to get those guys up and ready. And like you said, I'm sure they'll be ready to make an impact next year. Yeah, the thing with uh, with Ty uh, Ty Long and uh, and Beatty, um, you know, these guys have played. And if you're not, you know, I've talked to you about this quite a few times, but if you're not familiar with the travel basketball scene and, and, you know, everybody thinks everything is AAU or, you know, it's, they have this vision of what travel ball is uh, some sort of mom and pops thing. But um, the, these guys like Beatty, Lori and Ty Long have played um, on a big, on a big scale, on a big stage against not the best players in, 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 in um, you know, in the Ohio Valley or, or, you know, the Eastern. So these guys have played against the best players in the country. Um, And if you don't think there are are really talented seventh graders across the country or really talented eighth graders across the country, just, just cue some of these videos up sometimes. And I know they're highlight videos, but some of the things these guys can do at, at these ages now is just absolutely incredible. And, and, you know, you, you look at, and nothing against the guys they're playing against in junior high, but, you know, Ty Long has seen uh, the best that this country is, has to offer uh, at his age group. And, you know, you put him up on a, on a Wednesday night at five o'clock against, uh, you know, whomever down that way, it's going to be, uh, <laughs> it's going to be a little bit of a mismatch. He's going to get bored quick. Yeah, he's going to get bored quick. And I think that's kind of what they, they thought of because um, some of those kids, you got to keep them uh, engaged, yes. if you will. Different, uh, different era it, of kids. It, yeah, because they get kids get bored quick, and like because you got to continue to get better. I mean, just because you're the best of the set, I know you. I know you're high on these guys and that um, and that kind of thing, but it, they are still only 13 years old. Right. I mean, they got right. <laughs> They got a lot of maturing to do physically, uh, mentally, and you got to continue to get better and improve. You can't rest on your rest on your laurels or rest on the fact that you you played travel ball a couple summers and springs with with Bronny James. I mean that that isn't going to do you any good if a bunch of guys pass you by. Right. Um, and he, and I'm not saying they will or won't. I'm just saying you got to continue to work on and hone your craft if you're going to continue to climb the ladder if you will well let's look at uh 3a which uh some teams that are familiar with each other in there uh shenandoah uh who is currently sitting at uh 14 and 3 i believe um fort fry uh ovac regular uh barnesville union local also in that mix monroe central uh Shenandoah and Fort Fry, I believe, just played last Friday a game that Fort Fry won. Um, 
sophomore Nick Hart had 19 points and 11 rebounds in that game. Uh, then Fort Fry played, I believe, again on Saturday against uh, Berlin Highland in a game they lost by 19. Another sophomore, uh, Kelton Fogel, uh, had 32 points, uh, 11 of 13 shooting um, in another game for Fort Fry. So a couple of sophomores leading Fort Fry. So uh, Eric Henniger's team, not, this isn't a, a great Fort Fry team at this point. Obviously, you know, they've got some youth. They've lost two times to their rival Warren, both games by a point apiece. They've lost a Meadowbrook, John Marshall, Morgan, and uh, as I mentioned, Berlin Highland. So Fort Fry and Shenandoah at the top, and you got two massive rivals, Barnesville and Union Local, uh, sitting in that three and four spot right now. What is three A shaping up to be, Seth? Well, uh, Fort Fry, uh, I think, is a very solid team. You listed there's losses there, and I think only one of them is in their division or below them, and that would be Highland. Uh, everybody else was a bigger school. Obviously, JM would be a close to a Division One school. I know it's in it's in Mountainsville, West Virginia, uh, and that was very early in the season. It may have been the first or second game, even. Um, well, for, for it may have been JM or I should say his first game since West Virginia, a little different calendar, but, uh, I was actually supposed to see Fort Fry this weekend, but schedule change has taken me off of that game. But, uh, UL and Barnesville, I believe play each other Tuesday. Uh, and Union Local has been, they kind of played themselves out of it and, they were in the final last year and lost to Wheeling Central, which is obviously in the OBC. You can change classes each year. They they reclass and recount each year. They've dropped down. So uh, they're led by Kyle Kildow, who recently went over 1,000 points, uh, was an all-Ohio player last year on their team. Uh, Barnesville is led by Luke Powell, who's um, averaging almost 30 a game, if not right over 30 a game. Uh, they play up and down. They struggle in the half court. Matt Johnson, their head coach, will say that on both ends. They struggle defensively and offensively in the half court. And obviously, if you can't play in the half court, you're going to struggle at times. And they have. They've been a little bit up and down. Uh, they actually they lost to Caldwell, a team you were talking about a few minutes ago, and then avenged that loss just last week. And uh, Union Local beat them the first time around um, on a Saturday night in Barnesville. Uh, been earlier in January. First first weekend in January was the same weekend as the Cancer Research Classic. Uh, Luke Powell's dad obviously was an elite player at, at Barnesville. He's in the OVAC Hall of Fame. Matt Powell. Um, they got I, they have a kid in, inside named Aaron Maravich who's been up and down at times. Uh, Tate Dowler is their point guard. Pretty solid, good athlete. Was their quarterback in football. Barnesville's a solid team. Like they, they're on their way back. Like they were down for several years, and uh, I thought they'd actually have a better record. But I think relearning how to win and close out some of these close games has been a been a challenge for them. Uh, they go as Luke Powell goes. He he didn't play Tuesday due to concussion protocol, uh, so he got banged up in their game against Caldwell on Friday and didn't go the other night against uh, Buckeye local, but they, they prevailed without him. Um, Union local has been on a little bit of a run. They were supposed to play Buckeye trail tonight and that game was obviously postponed. So they won't get that one in, 
before the cutoff, I don't think. Uh, they'll play in the Buckeye 8 event Saturday, which in, in the OVAC standings, when they play Beaver Local, that is a 4A team, so that is bigger points. The bigger the division, the more points you get, plus bonus points for the amount of wins they have. So mathematically, playing that game and winning that game will be big for UL. And um, I, I think Fort Fry and Shenandoah are probably on a collision course for the, and there are there are two more teams that are in that, another league within a conference. They're in the Pioneer Valley Conference, which probably on its last legs is a few members have defected. Uh, Monroe Central Frontier have, have departed, leaving only in essence three schools: Caldwell, Fort Fry, and Shenandoah. But regardless those two appear to be the premier teams. Um, I've not seen Shenandoah, but they've been wire to wire sitting on top of that division um, throughout. So I still think Fort Fry, I just, their pedigree and the fact that I didn't realize those kids were sophomores till, till you were leading into that. So uh, their future is quite bright uh, in Beverly. Yeah. You know, Shenandoah, I was looking at them earlier in the week, and um, I didn't realize that Mark Smith was the head coach down there. Now, um, Mark was the uh, – when I first uh, was introduced to Mark, was the uh, coach at Delphus Jefferson, uh, which is in the Northwest Conference with Convoy, Crestview, Link, Van Wert, Lincoln View. A uh, really good conference up in Northwest Ohio. Uh, and Mark's son was a really good player, Trey, at Delphus uh, Jefferson. But I didn't realize he was the uh, head coach at Shenandoah right now. Um, and, and they have one of the uh, better names in, in high school sports on that team. Uh, is it Boone, uh, Boone, jo- Boone, Boone Jones. Jones? Yes. Uh, he was their quarterback. Yeah, too. one of the better names in high school sports. Uh, so... <laughs> Seth would not be surprised. Shenandoah, Fort Fry, collision course for a 3A title. Um, in 4A, uh, this is an interesting division here. You got Meadowbrook sitting at a top. Meadowbrook was in the Division II state tournament last year, lost to Trotwood. Um, Oak Glen, East Liverpool, Martins Ferry, St. Clairsville, Harrison Central. Um, so a lot of teams that are familiar with each other in this OVAC 4A, um, I know, um, you know, some back and forth chatter. You got the, you got the Clifford boys in there. You got, uh, you know, Martins Ferry, which is a rival of St. Clairsville and Harrison Meadowbrook obviously has had some really good success under Scooter Tolsda here in the last couple of years. What do you see out of this 4A? It's a log jam. Uh, if you're looking at the OVC standings, I think about it, like the leader has 55 points in the average column, and then the like the sixth place team only has has like 48. So the top four make it. It's going to be a every game is going to count. There's going to be a lot of scoreboard watching, um, and a lot of teams jock in for position. And that Buckeye Eight Challenge Day. It's big because, like we said earlier, St. Clairsville and East Liverpool play each other. 
and Liverpool currently sits second, and St. Clairsville currently is on the outside looking in at fifth. Uh, Martins Ferry and St. Clairsville have that makeup game, which will impact things. They're going to play that Monday after Monday, basically in the afternoon at five in the afternoon, a varsity only game because of the OVAC girls semifinals are Monday, and both those teams play each other in that at St. Clairsville. So let their fans get to that game. They're going to play the boys game at five. Uh, so that game will count. Harrison Central, who you alluded to, they play East Liverpool on Tuesday. Meadowbrook has New Philly, which is very good. They have Steubenville, which is in the mix in 5A. And I think they have one other tough game before maybe next Tuesday, uh, another ECOL game. Because uh, they're another team that's a dual member, which they will be leaving the OVAC because they're joining the NBL, the Muskingum Valley League. But uh, currently they're a dual with the ECOL and the OVAC, so that their schedule has some crossovers too. Um, so a lot of a lot of games to determine four seeds in there. Um, and it's really going to be interesting to see how it shakes out. I, I, I've seen I've seen Liverpool this weekend. I've seen Ferry. I've seen. Uh, I'm not seeing Oak Glen. I won't see them unless they make the finals. But I've seen Meadowbrook, obviously, uh, Davis Black and uh, Addie Black, and and, and those guys lead the way. And, I mean, they're they're experienced. They've been around. Um, Obviously, they lost Trey Singleton from last year's team. But um, Scooter told, I think they're they're the three-time defending champs. So they're looking for their fourth in a row. And – I mean, it's, it, 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 to me, it's wide open because uh, St. Clairsville is capable of scoring the ball and shooting it. Harrison has a really good player I know you're familiar with, and Kobe Mitchell, a sophomore, uh, who's probably 26, 27 a night uh, with a decent inside player in Evan Stein uh, to go with him. Uh, and they play a frenetic pace, uh, get after it up and down. They, they pressure some. Uh, I've not seen Liverpool. I did see they just had a kid go over a thousand point mark. So, and they've won 12 out of 16. You know, one of their losses is to Wheelersburg, who, like you said, is, is a premier team. And, and I believe what division Division three three, with a, with a high level player. (laughs) So obviously they've played some pretty good competition too. I I really think four a is it's funny because four a in the girl side. And I know we're only talking boys is, it's bad. I mean, it's 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 been bad the whole season. Just the teams are, but um, the girl, the boys' side, it's very it's uber competitive and and it's really wide open. Yeah, it looks like the one class where nothing. I mean, I mean, it is really settled yet. I mean, it's it's a really tight race. Um, you probably give Meadowbrook the edge uh, right now just because of. You know, they've had a lot of big game experience over the last couple of years, and they've won this thing. Scooter Tolls has done an excellent over there with Colts, um, and he's got a, a pretty experienced coaching staff as well. Uh, Dan Schwederman is on that bench uh, with him, a longtime Shenandoah coach. I mean, he's probably got, what, close to 500 wins himself. He's well over four hundred. Yeah, uh, one of the great uh, one of the great characters um, in the game of high school basketball. Dan Dan Schwederman, one of my favorite guys. Um, Scooter Tolstoy, also a great guy. Five um, A uh, looks like you got uh, Ohio. It's just kind of a 
small flavor of Ohio and a lot of big school, West Virginia, uh, Steubenville uh, team at St. Clairsville recently played um, last week in a pretty, pretty good contest at St. Clairsville at Steubenville came back down, I believe like 18 and, uh, and won, won that game. Um, so they are currently in second right now in the 5A. Wheeling Park currently leading that. Uh, University, who has a really nice player, Caden Matheny. Um, they're also in the mix there. Weir. Uh, Vincent Warren is in 5A, but they are not uh, slated to play in the tournament. And then you got Morgantown, Indian Creek down there, another Ohio school coached by the legendary Joe Dunleavy. Um, Another one of those characters. Yeah. Uh, Seth, you know, I- I've seen Steubenville. Um, it's been a while. It was back in late December. But uh, do they have a chance uh, in this 5A, or do you see a, a West Virginia school uh, winning this? Probably going to depend on the semifinal matchup. With them in, them in Wheeling Park, I would think so. Park edged them uh, earlier this month at in Wheeling. Uh, on a very on a late second shot, uh, shot with like two seconds to go, a reserve for Park, whose name even escapes me now. It wasn't one of their premier guys or even a go-to guy who got free and made a bucket. The key for Steubenville is can they get their can they get the pace and the kind of game they want to play, which is totally in the open court and in the full court. They they want no part of playing in the. I, I get a kick out of. I've seen Steubenville a couple of times, and Mike Haney, their head coach, is a great guy and. Uh, <laughs> you sit near their bench and I, I find myself chuckling a few times during a game uh, because of him working the officials. I even heard him yelling at the crowd one game against the Union local. And that <laughs> event used to, but, but uh, his, his, I like when he yells like his offensive sets, like some people are yelling like a play out. He yells, go score. I mean, that's, there you go. I like play. Just go score. Okay. That's, and that's kind of what their guys do. Uh, they just get it and they attack. They're in constant attack mode. Uh, and I think that's what allowed them to get down by 18 to St. Clairsville. And I think that's what allowed them to come back to it by 18 is that, that mentality. It can go both ways on you. And uh, I, I think they, they don't have a, I don't know how to put like They have a bunch of athletes, really good athletes. Um, long foot speed pretty good size um, no no I, I refined think, basketball players no no no, no refined basketball players. players yeah they're not the kind of team you want to go watch but they are going to run up and down they are going to get after you defensively um they're going to turn you turns if they turn you over you're in a heap of trouble um but can they beat willing park yeah i think so but the key is if they'd have to play university in that semifinal, granted it would be a uh, university high school is located in Morgantown. Uh, it would be a lengthy trip to, to because that game would be played at Steubenville, but will they be able to turn the Matheny kid over? I don't know. Uh, probably to probably me, not. Yeah. That's yeah. what I would guess too. Uh, so, which would be a major, um, major I mean, factor in the game. <laughs> My, my, you know, whenever I watch Steubenville uh, play, I feel like a lot of times their best offense is shoot it and just go get it. Uh, offensive, just crash the glass, um, you know, never really have uh, what you would call a pure perimeter threat. Just, 
you know, kind of live in that mid-range game. If they miss, you know, you got a 6'3", 6'4", maybe 6'5", guy crashes, you know, just a junkyard dog type guy. Uh, and, and, you know, they're, they're the type of team they're going to play. They're going to play hard. Uh, and, you know, up 15, down 20, you know, they're going to play the same way. And whatever the score is at the end, uh, that's what it's going to be. And, um, you know, so they're kind of unorthodox in, in trying to prepare for them. Very well said. Uh, <laughs> very well said. I think they I think they have a lot of te- a lot of coaches scratching their head because if you if you do have the athleticism and foot speed to match up, how do you what do you do to them? I mean, how do you attack them or approach them? And a lot of this head scratching on most, a lot of the teams they face in our areas, they just don't have the, the athleticism size or, or that length and foot speed to contend with them. And um, Wheeling Park does, uh, that, that would be a pretty good final. I think it would be a very good crowd too, and an anticipated matchup. Um, Steubenville is a football first community. They play basketball. Absolutely. Baseball. And then, and then it's football season again. Uh, unfortunately, they, they do have a pretty good basketball program. Pretty good success. Yeah, um, yeah they do. <laughs> pretty good history of basketball yeah. success. There, You just wouldn't know it because of what football does. I mean, they won four state titles under Reno Suckosh. But um, I, I think they're capable of winning the thing. I think they're capable of getting to a regional if the bracket falls right. But, again, like you said, they're capable of bowing out in the sectional, which they did a couple years ago to, to Buckeye Local. They, uh, what would that have been, 20, 2017? Yes, yeah. 2017. They bowed out on their home court to, to Buckeye Local, and people were scratching their head. I think they were they were twenty one and two or something at that point. Yeah, because I believe I believe they were coming off a regional appearance the year before, uh, where they got beat by uh, I want to say Columbus to Sales down in Athens. Uh, and then next year they, you know, but that that is typical of them and. Uh, if you catch them on a good night, uh, you got a chance, but there's other nights you catch them and you got no chance. Uh, You're going to get run out of the gym. Get run out of the gym. But like you said, they're not going to do it by hitting a bunch of trades. Yeah, they'll make a few. I mean, you're going to make a, somebody's going to make a, the law average just said you're going to make a few. Yeah. They're going mean, to shoot them. They're going to, they're going to shoot some. Yeah. They, they, they probably have more shooters than they have makers, but some of them guys are, are going to make one at some point. All right, Seth. Here's how we're gonna. Here's how we're gonna close. It. I'm gonna. I'm gonna quickly. Uh, you know, because I don't know when we'll get back to it. But uh, you know, it's never a too early to to look ahead at the tournament. Uh, the the real the real the real deal, um, which is coming upon us quickly. Uh, you know, once that uh, once January closes, uh, the tournament is here before you know it, and teams start get eliminated. Um, so I'm just gonna I'm gonna give you some teams here, and uh, I just uh, want to kind of maybe throw out three or four teams that we think have a chance of uh, of winning the district or winning a district, uh, depending upon what division you're in. Um, in the East District, uh, just to be just to to clarify, there are two Division One teams in the East District, and that would be Dover who gets sent uh, to the Northeast and Tri-Valley who gets sent to no man's land in central Ohio. Um, Dover 
Dover is in the same district with uh, the federal league teams, which consist of uh, your Akron Green, North Canton Hoover, Kent McKinley, Maslin Jackson, uh, Uniontown Lake. So that's, uh, that's tough sledding. Uh, in um, Dover, it's been quite some time since they've been in Division Two. Um, they've been in Division One for quite a while now, and it's just really hard to even get out of the sectional up there. It's really hard to win a game. Uh, and then Tri-Valley uh, goes to Columbus, and you know, you're looking at 43, 43, 43, 44 teams um, in that district. <laughs> and uh, you, that. Every time I hear that number, I chuckle. You, you know, you, you get – I mean, even, uh, you know, Tri-Valley has – Going up there a couple times with, uh, you know, just maybe like a 17 and 5, 18 and 4, 20 and 2. And, you know, I've talked to Coach Todd McLaughlin several times about this, and he's like, you know what? You're lucky if you win a game up there. You know, you get, you get put up against a team that's 9 and 12 uh, out of the OCC, and you're like, how in the world did this team win, only win nine games? They just beat us by 15. And, uh, you know, it's just – it's the nature of the beast. Um, but I, I think we would both be highly surprised if uh, – and Dover's having a really good season and Tri-Valley's having a decent season as well. But uh, it's really tough sledding. Well, and you, you and I have talked uh, privately, and we'll say it, I'll say it publicly, those teams are Division One and enrollment number only. Um, oh, absolutely. Not, Dover is not a uh, – it's a nice-sized community, don't get me wrong, but only be, they're only in Division One because their enrollment number says they are. They are not a Division One kind of community that you, you think Cleveland, Cincinnati, Columbus, Akron, Canton, even Youngstown. I mean, it's it, Dover's very similar to like Wheeling, West Virginia, which also would be a Division One team in Ohio, but um, just enrollment number only, not the kind of kids they have, not the kind of – athletes they have to, to compete in that level. Uh, Tri-Valley's the same. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it, it is what you are. You, you're in the division. Your enrollment number says you are. But I don't know. That, that, that gap, the OHSAA, and I'm an OHSA proponent, and I know we're not talking about them per se, but that gap in Division One basketball is something that they address football. I think they really need to take a look at it. I know the four-division sports logistically work well in their system in terms of the Thursday to Saturday, whether it be the basketball tournament, baseball tournament, what have you. But the gap in Division One is massive. It's, uh, it is. It I mean, it probably needs to take a look at it in basketball, but that's going to have to come from the Coaches Association. I mean, no media member. And, I mean, actually it's going to have to come from – the Coaches Association would be a good place to start, but it needs to look at the logistics of it to see how they can make it work because uh, it would add an odd day Wednesday or go into a Sunday, which I don't think they'd want to do. But, um, I don't know, that gap in Division One in the four-division sports is – is is massive um it's bigger than the football one really when you think about it because that there were still six divisions in football breaking it up whereas there are only there's two more divisions that, so the number is even greater right i don't know right yeah i mean you're looking at uh, in division one in schools like 1700 boys uh then you go down to a 450 
I mean, I know in basketball there's only five guys on a court at a time, but uh, it depends on who those five guys are. Uh, you, you know, yeah. and um, at 450, you might have one or two really good guys. Uh, at 1700, you've got 10 good players. Uh, you, your 11th guy might be a, a guy that's really good that never even gets in the game. Uh, so it's just a, it's a whole different uh, ball game. Uh, and it's interesting you mentioned Dover um, bumping down into Division Two, where where there are some teams that have a legitimate chance, um, obviously, to make a district because two teams are going to win um, in the East District. Two teams are going to advance to the regional, and you mentioned Dover, but uh, their neighboring community, uh, which you really don't know when you've left Dover and you've you've entered New Philadelphia and vice versa, uh, but New New Philadelphia is uh, a team that unfortunately a few years back had a really, really good team coming back and bumped up in division one, but they're back down in division two and they're riding an 11 game winning streak under coach Matt Vol, who uh, had a really successful stint at Carrollton some years back. Um, And and they shoot the three very well. Um, They have a kid named uh, Noah Bigu who just became the all time leading three point shooter uh, with 106 makes at New Philly. Um, and then they had, a, ironically, another kid um, on that team, Nate Vall, uh, who has 105 threes. So he is about to uh, go past the record as well. Um, they have a really talented kid named Gent Joseph, a senior named Brock Chumney. Um, and a lot of their losses are, are to some really good teams or um, I should say a lot of their wins are over some good teams, Uniontown Lake, Meadowbrook, at Dover. Uh, they've beaten Zanesville, Canfield. Um, so New Philly, uh, talked to a, a coach in the East District in Division Two, a team that will have a, a shot. Uh, he said that he thought New Philly kind of has separated themselves from the rest of the field. And then you have – Based on those stats, especially, and yeah. you got guys who can ball. Yeah, and you you know you look at uh, you look at some of the other teams. Um, if we just go and say, and I know anything could happen, but if you say that New Philly takes one of those spots, uh, one of those regional spots to Athens, you're looking at. Um, I think I think the the other winner would come out of these teams. You got John Glenn. Um, you got Indian Valley is a is an interesting team. They they won twenty games last year, and they returned five of their top six scores. But they've been hovering around the um, the five hundred mark, which is which is, you know, I, I don't really know all the ins and outs uh, of the Braves this year, but it just seems kind of strange that that you win twenty last year. I think they were twenty and four, have five out of your top six back, and they've been hovering around five hundred. Um, so I think they'll be in the mix with John Glenn. I think uh, Morgan, who's played some really tight games in the MVL, um, St. Clairsville, obviously, uh, with the way they shoot the ball. Um, you know, if, if St. Clairsville's hot, I mean, you know, really they could beat just about anybody in the district um, if they're shooting with the versatility of some of their guys, the way they shoot it. Uh, I think East Liverpool's in the mix. Cambridge is in the mix. Uh, Philo is in the mix. Harrison Central is in the mix for that other spot. 
And, and even Zanesville, um, you can never count them out. They're like, I want to say maybe five and 11 right now. Um, and early in the season, Zanesville was playing the likes of uh, uh, Newark and Gahanna and Reynoldsburg, and they played those teams tough. And then lately I've seen some of their scores. Like the other night they had uh, 27 points and a loss to Coshocton. And I don't know what's going on up there. Uh, they got blown out by Tri-Valley. Uh, you know, they just – there's just something something off uh, with Scott Ehrenholtz's club right now. But, you know, if they could get it together, they've have, they have a couple of talented guys up there. Um, you know, they could take that other spot. Absolutely, and it's good that 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 division too seems always seems to get two out is the number of teams how that's based, and it's going to come down to bracketing. I mean, if you assume New Philly is going to be the one seed, is everyone going to sprint to the other bracket, and then you're going to have some hellacious games over there, right? Or do you I mean do you vie for that for the home game and take open lines? And I think that comes down to a, a, a philosophical approach with coaches and how they look at that. Interestingly enough, and I don't know, maybe you're, maybe this is how all the districts are doing it. For the first time, I believe the Eastern District is not meeting at one site. They're doing their their seeding. The seed pool opens next week, like a week from today, and then uh, they'll have their meeting over the phone. They will not meet in person. So um, it's a conference call type format. And uh, so – I know some coaches that like to go and their rationale is, oh, make that guy look me in the eye if they're going to. Yeah, they, they like jump. that. They like that. Yeah, and I, I think they like the like the stories and all that jazz, too, that goes along with it and, and what have you. But um, that seating is going to be interesting because I don't know. I mean, I, I, I love the Ohio basketball tournament. I know with 800-plus schools, it's the only way to do it, but. I just wonder how many of these coaches know anything about some they're voting strictly on record. Um, and, and maybe in the Eastern district, that's, that's fine, but I'm sure there's areas in the state where a team has a right around a mediocre record and, but they've played all these, like, like a Zanesville, their record is going to say that they're sub 500, but they've played the, that laundry list of teams you played. I mean, come on. I mean, they're, they've, they've played far better competition overall than the majority of the team, like especially the ones in the OVAC or in, in my area. I mean, the, the, the division two. So a so St. Clairsville is going to have a, a far better record than Zanesville. Is someone going to vote strictly on their record? I, I don't know. I think some do. And I don't know. That's the right approach. I always thought, I've been to a few of those meetings back in the day. They used to invite the media and, and, and they give you this opportunity to, to speak about your team and, and no one ever took advantage of it. And I was like, wait a minute. Why not? If yeah. Why not? Street, if you had an injury or something happened or, or um, you played all these really good teams and that's why your, your record is what, why not take the opportunity? It's like an ego thing. I'm not going to speak. That never made any sense to me, but I think the bracketing is going to be interesting to see how it falls. And I agree. There's a whole lot of teams that are vying for, if we assume new Philly is a pretty, not a, never a lock or a sure thing in this sport, because you don't shoot the ball well, or you get foul trouble or what have you. Um, but if we assume that new Philly is one of the teams, that has got an inside track to Athens from the Eastern district. 
there's a whole lot of other teams in the mix, and that, that bracketing is going to be key to determine matchups and who sees who where in that in that two week span of the sectional in the district. Yeah, it will be uh, it will be interesting to see who uh, who comes out of there. Uh, Division three is maybe not as uh, as difficult to predict, uh, and still, uh, you know, I, with only one team getting out of there. Um, that will make it interesting. Division three only has one team moving on to Athens. Uh, right now, I think you're looking at, at, at Garraway. I think um, uh, Ridgewood is a team that I think uh, may shock some people in the tournament. They're kind of a little bit uh, above 500. Uh, Fort Fry obviously will be in the mix. Meadowbrook bumping down to division three. They're going to be a major player uh, in there as well. Um, Tusky Valley is a team that's below 500, but you know, they play a pretty, pretty solid schedule as well. Martins Ferry, uh, Union Local, Barnesville, Buckeye Trail, some of the others in there. Uh, another team I forgot to mention who will also be heavily in the mix is Sandy Valley. They, they had a lot of football injuries that, and they had a pretty good football season, I believe. Um, they had a lot of football injuries they were trying to clear up at the beginning of the season, but to me, I think this comes down to uh, Garraway, Fort Fry, and Meadowbrook. I agree with you. I would actually think Meadowbrook is probably the favorite, uh, but you never can <laughs> you can never count out Garraway. I mean, they just they're they're like a it's like a broken record. I mean, and that's yeah. the area like we opened up with. They take it seriously. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they like it. They're, they're, they like it. I mean, their community does. Their their school does. They're, they're, it's a great atmosphere. I went to my first game at Garraway last year. I covered Bel Air in the tournament up there. Tremendous gym, tremendous place. Uh, into it the whole time. I mean, just different atmosphere. And and I think Meadowbrook likes it too. And it's, I think Meadowbrook has got the most talent. Uh, I just don't th- think Meadowbrook can get get caught up in the moment of ah, we're the kind of the, I don't know the the big the big boy in the small the bigger fish in the smaller pond, if you will, because some mm-hmm. of those people can get you in that division. Just because you drop down after a state tournament run does not uh, guarantee you anything. But, um, yeah, I, I would think Garraway and Meadowbrook. And um, after that, you could probably – and, and I'll, I'll go with you on Sandy Valley uh, because those teams always seem to, to come through, those, those IVC schools, and, and they like it. I mean, and you're going to get – I'm sure you're going to get into Highland here in a moment, but it's just a different different culture, a different approach and, and love affair with the game, if you will. Yeah. The uh, funny – Garraway last year was 19-9, and nine, uh, and they were um, moments uh, away from making what I would have considered a, a surprise state tournament. A lot of people forget about this. Um, they they were in the regional final last year, and like I said, they were moments away from um, beating Harvest Prep, uh, which would have been a major upset in my book um, for them to get to the state tournament last year at nineteen and nine. Uh, and that is uh, Terry Rao is now the head coach that Terry's had some stops at Caldwell and coach Garrick Sherman at Kenton. Um, so he's been around the block. Uh, so never count out Garraway. Uh, the only thing I question with Meadowbrook is, is their guard play good enough in March? 
but that will be uh, remain to be seen. Uh, you mentioned Highlands, so let's move to Division Four and wrap this thing up. Uh, Berlin Highland only one loss on the year. Um, they are giving up a mere 37 points per game. They really are suffocating teams. Their only loss is to uh, one loss, Cleveland East Tech, who is a really good team uh, out of the Cleveland uh, City League up there. Um, Mark Schleyball's got himself another really good team. Uh, Highland was at the state tournament last year, got knocked out by Cornerstone Christian 51-41 in the state semifinals. Uh, the interesting thing I found this humorous, uh, I was uh, in the preview uh, in the Times Reporter, Mark Schleyball had mentioned that his team was just not very good right now. Um, and, uh, you know, here we are, uh, late January, Highland is uh, 17 and one, uh, lost three starters off that team from last year and their best player uh, from that team a year ago. And here they are. Uh, talk about another place. Absolutely loves basketball. Uh, Berlin Highland. Yeah. We have a mutual friend of a former coach who just the other day called, he, he would argue that Highland is the premier small school, maybe all told job basketball coaching job in Ohio for the fact that, well, a big reason it not only do they like it, but they don't have football. <laughs> right. Right. Is a, it's certainly a benefit uh, because kids can really delve into it. But yeah, I mean, what they lost, and, and I saw them last year take out River in the district final, and um, that River had only lost twice all last season, and both of them were to Highland. One they played in the regular season in Hannibal, and, and then again in the district final. But um, yeah, I, I think it runs through Highland, but I think as you got a list of teams there, I mean, Rosecrans and, and I know Strasburg's got some pieces back and I think they have the Needenthals at the guard spots that are, that are good players. And um, I don't know. I mean, it, it's probably Highland. the district runs through Highland. I think it does every year. Same on, on the division three girls side. I mean, it just, it's a, it's a basketball Mecca around in, in the Eastern district. And uh I have no reason to believe that that wouldn't continue nor, and they have Mark, Mark Schleyball and his brother Dave on the girls side. Those guys can coach. I mean, yep. they, they can coach and, and kids gravitate to them and want to play there. And it's quite a luxury. Yeah. Even uh, sweeter right now, Mark's son, William, uh, William Schleyball is a, a sophomore sharpshooter for the Hawks. Uh, so he's getting a coach's kid on a team that uh, could very easily be back in Columbus, you know, with the way things are set up now um, with the Eastern district for a long, long, long time, as long as you and I could remember uh, went to Canton for the uh, regional. And now they are going to Athens where they meet up with uh, the Columbus winner and the two Southeast District winners. And the interesting thing is, is in Columbus in Division Four, it is very, very, very weak. Uh, you've moved out Harvest Prep. You've moved out Afrocentric. You've moved out Columbus Wellington. All those teams uh, via competitive balance are now in Division <laughs> Three. Um, I thought all were victims of competitive balance as you were naming them <laughs> yeah yeah they all had one thing in common they were all competitive balance and were moved out of there 
And then, so, <laughs> and, and, you know, I, I found this ironic in a way. Two of those teams, Afrocentric and Harvest Prep, they moved out, and both of those teams made the Division Three state tournament last year. Um, so that shows you uh, how good they were. But, you know, Highland did not have a game that was even close. Uh, they had much tougher games in the district than they did in the regional last year. And whoever gets out of that East district, I think it could be pretty much the same. Um, so Berlin Highland has a really good chance to get back to Columbus again. Some other teams in East district, as you mentioned, Bishop Rosecrans with only two losses. Uh, they're in the, that, the uh, league with Harvest Prep. This year, they uh, this this is more of an indictment of how good Harvest Prep is. That uh, they did beat Rosecrans by fifty, um, I believe the score was ninety to forty, and Rosecrans is uh, thirteen and two. Um, this that that says more about how good Harvest Prep is, led by C.J. Anthony and company, and they lost to a really good Wellington team by seventeen. And those were their only two losses. Uh, Strasburg is also in that mix. Toronto. Uh, even Malvern, uh, Shenandoah is a Division Four team this year. Don't count out Tusky Central Catholic. Uh, very good. Tyrone Miller does a great job with those guys. Shady side, uh, always a um, thorn in somebody's side in Division Four in the East District. So um, I believe we both agree upon Highland as the team moving on. Absolutely. Well, Seth, um, you know, I appreciate you coming on. Um, this was fun. Uh, always enjoy talking East district basketball. Um, just need to find, just need to find somebody down in that deep South, deep Southeast to, uh, to talk a little Southeast now and uh, we'll get this state covered. I'm sure you can, you find somebody, but I did appreciate you having me on and enjoyed the opportunity. It was like you and I made our uh, radio debut back in the, back in the day together in Wheeling, West Virginia. Yeah. It launched, it launched our career in, in broadcast. I, I was at the paper and, uh, but being on radio and that side of media. So it's, it's, I would, to, I would say between you and I, uh, we've pretty much covered all aspects of uh, athletics from scorekeeping to uh, announcing at games to, to writing for the paper and, and being on a radio show, TV. I think between us, we, I think we've covered it all. Yeah. And I, I mean, neither of us have officiated basketball, but I umpire some softball and baseball. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. we dabble in, coach. We, yeah. We've dabbled into a little bit of everything and uh, I'm not sure we're good at any of it, but uh, you know, they keep having One us. Thing I didn't do. Thing I didn't do was play. I realized I stayed in my lane. <laughs> I've always told you, you got to stay in your lane. Yep, that's the one best piece of advice you've ever given me. But <laughs> no, I appreciate this, and uh, this was fun. I, I do enjoy this. All right, my man. Well, take care, and we'll talk soon. Sounds good, Kurt. Right, Have a good one, man. All right, my man. Thank you.